All right, good to be with you here as we come to you live from Ballyhoo's, part of the Super Tailgate Tour here in Virginia Beach. Hope you can uh, come on out and join us. Uh, good day outside, by the way. Wow, I mean, no doubt. a little surprising. I think it uh, surpassed the forecasted high already. Uh, we are here. Of course, Ballyhoo's the place to be for the big game. It's going to be a big bash at Ballyhoo's. Don't miss their sixth annual Super Sunday big game party. Ballyhoo's has all your football favorites on the tailgate menu, plus $12 buckets of your favorite beers, yeah, and $5 crushes to celebrate the big game. Get there early and pick up a square off the big board to win great prizes. And don't miss the halftime wing-eating contest for cash prizes. Always a fan favorite. Festivities start at 4 o'clock on Super Sunday. See you here at Ballyhoo's. All right, so that's where we are today. We're here for, you know, four hours. We'll be here until 7. Come on by and see us. We have reasons for you to come by. We bribe people uh, to come out to uh, see us at times. And uh, <laughs> today's no different. Uh, we got Trey and Ario Speedwagon tickets for the show on August 7th at uh, Veterans United Home Loans Amphitheater, as well as Australian Pink Floyd uh, coming up on uh, June 20. I started to do it again, and I stopped myself. Atlantic Union Bank Pavilion, because, you know, they're Australian, but yet they're doing Pink Floyd. Uh, and again, tickets on sale for Australian Pink Floyd at uh, pavilionsconcerts.com and uh, train in Aria Speedwagon at livenation.com. So anyway, come in here and tell us, you know, hey, you heard about it on the radio and you want free stuff, and we'll give you free stuff as long as supplies last. All right, so a lot of things going on today at Super Bowl week. Of course, tonight it's the big award show, as we found out yesterday, thanks to one of our listeners, because uh, we had forgotten that it was on Thursday. Oh, yeah. We thought it was, I thought it was Saturday, you thought it was Friday. It's tonight. So what will the awards, so we'll, you know, get to react to that a little bit, you know, tomorrow and be angry about it, I guess. Um, you know, people call in and say, I can't believe they gave it to Lamar Jackson and he choked in the playoffs. And I have to remind everybody, no, it's not a regular season. It's just a regular season award. It's okay. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll deal with that later on. But today they've leaked out some of the Hall of Fame information. So really? tonight is supposed to be the night where they announce the Hall of Fame class. Okay. So it has been leaked out today, at least the three guys that are going in. I don't know what it is about the Bears. Is it their year or something? I guess it is. They're, they got the first overall pick. You know, they got all the attention. But – the Bears, it's like going to be a Chicago Bears Hall of Fame. So I'm imagining Dino will be in Canton this summer because <laughs> uh, Steve McMichael's going in. Uh, Devin Hester and Julius Peppers, according to the Chicago Sun-Times, they'll be among the names announced tonight. So those three are in. We'll get to hear the others later on. Of course, uh, Steve McMichael is uh, part of that great Bears Super Bowl team on the defensive line. Uh, he's been dealing with AOL, ALS for a few years, really in a, in a tough spot, and uh, Fans are, are uh, Bears fans are you know been begging for this to happen for a while. Julius Peppers, I mean, he was his stud. I mean, no matter oh, where yeah. he was, oh, yeah. defensive rookie of the year in in 2002, uh, four time uh, you know first time Pro Bowler member of the All Decade team for the 2000s to 2010. Uh, so you know Devin, you know that that's not surprising. Devin Hester, of course, great Bear was on that Super Bowl team that Rex Grossman. Uh, somehow got them in the Super Bowl. Let's be honest. It was their defense and, you know, Lubby Smith's defense and special teams that got him there. Now, Devin Hester finished with 14 punt return touchdowns, five kickoff returns touchdowns in the regular season, plus a kickoff return for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And he broke many of Brian Mitchell's records, as you know, who is not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh -huh. yet. So this is where you know where, I, you know where I'm going. I, I get very frustrated at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We've been over the Joe Jacoby case over and over again. Had Jake on earlier this year when the, the senior committee totally screwed him. Um, you know, B. Mitch has been left out. Really, he's gotten no attention. Steve Tasker's another special teamer that yeah. hasn't got enough run from the same era back when special teams really held a lot higher value. I mean, Hester was special. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Hester should be in. It's, it's not a question. Oh, the, yeah. The hope here is that Hester getting in 
will draw attention to, oh, yeah, he, he broke these records. Oh, who was the record? Oh, it was Brian Mitchell. And, and in a B. Mitch's case, of course, he's also the second all-time yardage guy behind some dude named Jerry Rice in all-purpose yards in NFL history, which, which it seemed to be enough in itself to get you in. One would think. You would think. You would think. But yet here we are, uh, you know, still kind of begging and kicking and screaming about it. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about this later on. Uh, Jim Ducebella, longtime Washington Redskins beat reporter. Of course, you may remember Jim from uh, his work with the pilot, score 13-10 back in the day with yours truly when we were young kids. Um, he'll be on with us at 5. We'll let you uh, hear his thoughts on that. Hall of Fame mess. And, you know, we'll get to other football current stuff, obviously, with the commander's hires and, and obviously the big game itself coming up on Sunday. But the Hall of Fame thing uh, is highly frustrating every year for somebody, right? Like there's always some story that's told and then somebody that's missed out on. It just gets harder as time goes on that you're going to have more and more of these players from certain eras that are just going to be left behind. So that's why Steve McMichael, it felt like it was getting a little late for him. But uh, good thing that, uh, you know, he, he's finally getting in. And now we'll see what this rest of the class looks like. I mean, you know, there's guys like Willie Anderson and others that seem like they would be likely to get in this year. But we just don't know. I mean, you, you just never know which way this, the wind's blowing with these guys and what exactly uh, they're thinking. But uh, I'll be fascinated to see the rest of the class and complain about it tomorrow with you. I'm pretty sure Antonio <laughs> Gates gets in. Yeah. I, I, think, yeah. I, think, I think he's pretty yep. much a lock. Yep. But then there's other guys like, should, should Torrey Holt get in now? You know, there's a couple of other guys while, on the right? list yeah. that you go kind of, and I'm not saying that Torrey Holt's not a Hall of Famer, right, right. but it is now the time for him. So, yeah, I'm going to be very curious to see who else gets on there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw another name at you yeah. for frustrations because I've been on okay. this one for a while too, Jim Lachey. Yeah. I mean, come on. What's it going to take for Jim Lachey to even get a sniff at the Hall of Fame? Too? Now, now, I think Joe should go in first. Right. But you gotta, Jim Lachey has got to be in the conversation. So before somewhere. they started keeping all these stats about tackles, who gives up sacks, who doesn't, Jim Lachey was that guy, right? He, yeah. he didn't give up sacks on the left side. Of course, one of the great uh, later additions to the Hogs in that Jay Schrader trade, which was like really one of those what-the-hell-was-Al-Davis-thinking moments. Well, uh, there's a life. lot of those. Yeah, and there's a lot of those, but you thank him for it and you just move on. But, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, you look at – it seems like um, – you know, tonight you'll probably hear Willie Anderson's name. I, you're, you're right about Gates. I mean, you talk about all these tight ends, and, you know, it's him and Tony Gonzalez from that era. Yeah. Everybody's looking for the next one of those guys. Oh, could we get him? You know, we, is this guy Patrick Willis is very deserving. You know, Fred Taylor's career um, was a really good one, too, I think. I remember seeing him in his prime in Jacksonville. I, I could see him getting in as well. You know, Rodney Harrison is, is an interesting um, argument. Uh, and it feels like, you know, pe people think that he should be in, and then there's the detractors, too, on Rodney Harrison. But, I mean, how do you differentiate Rodney Harrison versus Darren Woodson? Yeah. I mean, I, I would probably lean Darren Woodson, frankly, and I, so and I, I hate I, yeah. to admit that, but I, I do. I mean, Jared Allen's really good. I mean, as a, as a pass rusher, you know, Eric Allen. I mean, there there's some serious names on this list. I mean, Andre Johnson was a hell of a receiver in, on some really bad Houston teams uh, over the years as well. So, uh, they got their work cut out for them. They've already cast the votes a while ago, and uh, we'll count them all tonight and find out who gets in. But it will be interesting. And, again, the, the award show will be the most fascinating thing because I think there's going to be a strong reaction one way or the other on that because I would suspect it is going to be Lamar Jackson because, again, these are the regular season votes. Yeah. And then you're going to have, like, the Purdy, the Purdy party. You're gonna have you're well gonna done. have the Josh Allen cult that comes out of the woodwork and is gonna be screaming about a Josh. What would Josh Allen do? Would you rather have Josh Allen on your team? Like, oh, stop, stop, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And then, meanwhile, you know, Mahomes' people are not saying anything. They're just hoping he wins another Super Bowl MVP uh, at this point. But it is kind of weird when they when they roll these things out 
in the postseason, you know, to make this big production about it, especially when you're no longer in the postseason and you're taking mm-hmm. home the big hardware. NBA does this. I mean, they all do. I mean, baseball's smart enough to wait, like, weeks until the season's over and to, like, to roll it out. But I, I think the NFL, I understand what they're doing with this red carpet kind of show and all this stuff. But it, it is uh, always unholy awkward if you're the guy who was on the number one, number one seed and you didn't make it all the way there and you got to go to this thing and think, well, I'd really just rather be getting ready for the game. Yeah. That's life, man. That's life. Well, and when you're part of the Super Bowl, then this is part of what comes with it, right? This is part of yeah. all, the, all the stuff, the extra stuff that you have to do. That's why anybody that's like, oh, yeah, it's just a normal week. No, it's not. All no, right. It can't be. It can't, no, no chance. No chance at all. Um, 757-687-9494. that is the uh, Ballyhoo's phone line from Ballyhoo's today, by the way. Don't call the restaurant, though. They're not going to get you on the air with us. <laughs> but you can come by the restaurant here uh, if you want to. But uh, that is also the text line. My man, Dan of Virginia Beach, is Steve McMichael really had a good but not dominant career. Yeah, I would say among the people that were important to that Bears defense, his name is down the list. Yeah. I mean, look, he, was a, he did a lot of the dirty work, but again, if you're telling me Steve McMichael's Hall of Famer, then I'm going to say, where's Dave Butts? That is very true. You know what I'm saying? Very and true. Then, and nobody's, nobody's pushing for And butts, the list goes on, by the way. Which is a shame. But yes, McMichael, I, I think there has been some campaigning that's gone on here. There's no question that helped him. Uh, certainly one of the big characters from those Chicago defenses. Had a sure. stint in wrestling, too, by the way. Yeah, that's right. He did. He had a wrestling stint as well. But, yes, it looks like he's going in according to this uh, Chicago uh, Sun-Times report uh, today that he's already been, you know, the family has been told or, you know, they've, they've already cast the votes. Or they've been told. But, uh, I, to me, you know, it's pretty simple. With Hester, it was simple. Julius Peppers, pretty simple. I mean, his time – in Carolina, Chicago, and the Packers, and then back in Carolina even at the end, pretty dang dominant. I mean, 100 and almost 60 sacks, I think, in his career. You know, he was a great athlete. Remember, he played basketball, too, in North Carolina yep. as well. Uh, he could have done anything. He was, he was one of those rush ends that was truly a difference maker. So that doesn't surprise me. All right, the commanders have some interesting additions. Again, rating the, the division uh, when it comes to their new staff. And uh, some interesting information about the old staff. And on the way out, uh, finally, some people are spilling the tea, as the kids like to say. No, actually, kids don't say that. Old people say that. About <laughs> Eric Bieniemy and his time there, why it only lasted a season, why it went off the rails. We'll get to some of that stuff coming up. Uh, Scott Jackson Show coming at you live from Ballyhoo's here in Virginia Beach. Come on out and join us here, part of the uh, Super Tailgate Tour here on Party Auto Sports Radio 94.1. And it is brought to you by Larry King Law. You are listening to The Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Back here uh, from Ballyhoo's Scott Jackson Show as we will be here, part of the Super Tailgate Tour with you until 7 tonight. It is brought to you by Larry King Law. Again, Ballyhoo's the place to be for the Big Bash on Sunday, their sixth annual Super Sunday Big Game Party coming up where they'll have all kinds of great specials for you, including $12 buckets, $5 uh, crushes, so... Uh, place to be. Uh, be sure to get in uh, as they get started here at 4 o'clock on Super Sunday. You can get in their square contest to win prizes and uh, don't miss the halftime wing-eating competition as well. Again, Valley Hughes, 2865 Lynn Haven Drive. So great, Nick, to Lynn Haven Drive. We get you here, and we're here till 7. And again, we have tickets to give away. Come on out and see us. Say, hey, I want to win tickets. Uh, we have Aria Speedwagon train tickets in addition to Australian Pink Floyd uh, for you. All right, so today, James, some big news. 
with the uh, Washington Commanders. Do you remember the name Brian Johnson by any chance? I do. Okay. Uh, well, now he is uh, leaving the. He left the Eagles. Of course, was fired by the Eagles uh, as their offensive coordinator. He is now joining Cliff Kingsbury as part of that Washington retooled offensive staff. Uh, he's going to be, I guess, officially they believe he's going to be the passing game coordinator Interesting. Uh, is what they're saying. And the other addition to the uh, staff is going to be a guy named Jason Simmons who has been with the Raiders, and he's going to be uh, part of the defensive staff under Joe Witt Jr. Again, official titles, et cetera, et cetera, to uh, be announced. But it looks like um, he's he was the pass game coordinator in – Las Vegas, so maybe that's the same job here. I don't know. We think maybe a promotion. I'm not sure. Or if he was somebody that was on the outs uh, with their shakeup with their staff in uh, Las Vegas, I'm not sure. So the Johnson thing's interesting because he has gotten high marks for his work with quarterbacks. You know, young Jack, Dak Prescott, then, you know, with Jalen Hurts as well. Uh, you know, the quarterbacks liked him. This year he and clearly uh, Nick Sirianni did not always see eye to eye on things. And, you know, I would, again, still like to know – what was going on with the Eagles at the end of the season, why they stopped running, right? I mean, what, what's going on? Like, what happened to J the Jalen Hurts runs? I mean, it was very weird, especially that last game, how little, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, he, I mean, he didn't run. He was thought he was going to th throw for everything, and it was strange because that's not how they got to where they were uh, at that point. So a little, little odd uh, with all that kind of stuff. And you know what's funny is that, you know how we were saying we keep waiting for the Jalen Hurts off-season surgery yeah, story? none of it, right? And then you see him at the Pro Bowl scooting around like nothing's mm -hmm. wrong, and I'm like, okay, uh, this is yeah. a little odd because you looked pretty dinged up at the end of the season. Now, I grant right. that they had a nice gap there because sure. they decided to lay an egg against Tampa, so sure. he had time like to heal up. Three or four weeks, but it clearly didn't mean surgery, though, right? No, I mean, no, it didn't. Pro Bowl if you're getting surgery. So, yeah, I, I, th I think that's a great point. I thought about that <laughs> over the weekend myself. I was like, hmm, okay. Good to know. I, yeah, what happened there? Who, you know, we'll, uh, I guess we'll get the book at some point or the 30 for 30 uh, when it's all said and done. So all that being said, you know, the commanders are retooling their offense. Eric Bieniemy, we had the story this week that he spent some time in Kansas City. You're also seeing these stories about, you know, guys like um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, saying, you know, we didn't know how he had it. You know, he was kind of annoying when he was here, but now you understand it. Uh -huh. And, you know, Pat Mahomes is saying how he missed it. And some of these things, and we, we'd heard this, you know, in the past that you know he can be get on guys. So it, it's finally being told that in Washington, yeah, that was some of the annoyance with uh, him. There is uh, certainly some things to be pointed at as to why it didn't work there, and including the fact that he had a first-time starting quarterback in Sam Howell. But uh, the Washington Post put out a, a story today with uh, you know locker room. There was frustration certainly throughout the season. Logan Thomas kind of let it go at the end of the year, uh, saying that. Um, you know, I might be the only one to say it, but I think we had our ups and our downs talking about the enemy. He said we had some good, we had some bad. It's um, on one of those things that where something uh, new comes in after you've been used to doing it one way for a few years, sometimes you bang your heads. He goes, but I respect him for coming in here and work every day and being the same person every day. Others who spoke on the condition of anonymity uh, to discuss the internal team dynamics described the enemy as a hardworking coach who hamstrung his own efforts with poor communication, stubborn play calling, and disregard for player feedback. Now, the b player feedback thing's kind of been out in the open since training camp because we heard right. about this and, you know, players running to Ron Rivera as opposed to going directly to enemy. And, of course, my thought during the entire season, especially the poor play calling part, was, well, where's the head coach to yeah. step in and say, hey, we're getting this kid killed here. What are we doing? Can we balance it out? Our defense stinks. Can we slow the game down and stop going three and out and taking ungodly amounts of sacks 
uh, and figure out a way to protect this guy and, I don't know, use some of our best players in the offense, which you weren't doing. So they, they point out there's this public conflict, a couple things that, that happened at camp we've probably heard about before, about him screaming at Terry McLaurin at one point um, when Terry McLaurin was complaining about uh, being hit by Benjamin St. Just after the play. Um, he said, stop with that dumbass stuff <laughs> and do your blanking job to McLaurin from the sideline. Um, then that's when Ron Rivera had that whole thing about the little concerned about some of the things going on there. Uh-huh. And as the season progressed, friction remained. Multiple people said that there was often confusion on game days because the office adjustments were not clearly communicated to players and assistants didn't seem to be on the same page. And behind the scenes, some players urged their position coach to beg the enemy to run the ball more. Um, we heard Sam Cosme say that. The pass-heavy attack plays extra burden in the offensive line and the quarterback. Washington offense did run. They averaged the seventh most yards per carry in the NFL, 4.43 yards. Uh, one player said, I don't think they gave Sam Howell a fair chance. I felt like we became one-dimensional. Look, I, I don't work for PFF or claim to be an offensive coordinator. I'm just some joker who they give a microphone after games. And I was screaming this. All year. I mean, yep. and it was pretty obvious what was going on here. And the fact that, again, the guy who was making $7 million a year, who was, you know, the CEO, right? He said he didn't coach until the last five weeks of his job. Of course, a four-year yeah. period. Never stepped to the OC that he hired in the offseason and said, hey, man, what are we doing? Like, are we trying to tank? Now, now you got me thinking, was this part of trusting the process? I don't know. <laughs> was this some elaborate plan I, the whole time? I don't know. I, I mean, don't know if it's B- it Eric, so enemy's dang, plan. I, I don't think that was enemy's plan either, but it's just strange. Another player, thankfully, in this post story, blamed Rivera for not forcing him to run the ball Dang. more or fixing the disconnect between the offensive and defensive staffs. We didn't play complimentary football all year, and that came back to haunt us. Yeah, hello. I mean, again, this isn't, this isn't a 400-level football class here. I mean, this is like football for dummies, like the book they would hand you. You know, that they do, hey, you're learning football, football for dummies. I can't pass protect. I got a young quarterback, and I got a leaky defense. And we got some good running game. We got a pretty good running game here. Why don't we lean into that? I mean, does it, does it seem like rocket science? I can't believe I had to suffer 17 weeks of watching this crap just to hear these guys show up after the season and go, oh, yeah, we all knew how stupid this was. And nobody said anything to anybody, including the coach the dumb Cowboys are interviewing to be their defensive coordinator. Good luck with that. Oh, my goodness. How embarrassing. Some players felt the enemy's intense practices, though helpful in training camp, left the team exhausted before the games, and they believed that practice created greater risk of injury. His title of assistant head coach gave him greater authority than most coordinators, allowing him to uh, script plays and alter plays uh, and schedule during the week. I could see that. Uh, one player felt Rivera delegated too much and failed to step in to make changes quickly. Well, warranted. It was EB's effing team, and others said. <laughs> Rivera declined wow. to comment on the story, but he did meet with Biennemi midway through the season, discuss the approach, and suggest offense should run the ball more. A person with knowledge of the situation said midway through the season. The idea that people were rejecting any sort of change is all stupid, one player said. We needed to have some change. Again, Washington lost its next three games a stretch that culminated in a 40-20 to 20 loss to the previously winless Bears at FedEx Field, facing a massive early deficit the enemy called 53 consecutive pass plays. Uh-huh. Howell was hit 11 times and sacked five times. Several players saw the moment as the turning point. Two weeks later, the Giants used Blitz's man-to-man coverage to beat up Howell, who took six more sacks and 12 more hits. McLaurin, who took uh, never critiques coaches' decisions or play calls, 
went on the record and said he thought the uh, commanders could have countered better. I do remember that. He said when teams are blitzing like that, it leaves one-on-one opportunities, and I felt we got to that late. Hopefully going forward we'll get a little bit more into it earlier and chances to make plays downfield. That was McLaurin's quote after that game. Then he made the comment after the Dolphins lost that he got a car- lot of cardio in. Yeah, I remember that. Doesn't feel good that you're kind of alienating your best, um, your best players. No, when you've got – and again – when you've got Terry speaking up, a guy that is Mr. You know, team player, Mr. company guy, if he's saying stuff, that should set off huge alarm bells. And, I mean, it was, I, I'm just wondering, because of the dark glasses, was Ron taking naps during games? And <laughs> when the offense was out there, am I, am I missing something? I, I, don't, I, I don't know. So, yeah. just, you know what, it's over now, and I don't, I don't see Dan Quinn just you know, sitting back and allowing Cliff Kingsbury to sling it all over the yard, 53 straight well, times. hopefully not. So. Hopefully not. But, you know, history is damned to repeat itself, it feels like, with this franchise. But, yeah, this was, yeah. again, Scott Turner, we went through this thing, and they did take the playbook back from Scott, you know, last year and, and made him dial it back in stretches. But then he would totally fall asleep at the wheel, too, and want to throw every down, uh, which is, you know, a, a symptom of offensive coordinators around the league. But th- this was extreme this year. And, again, the, the two Giants games are the most damning to me of all of them, besides the Bears yeah. game, the, the Giants games, and Wink Martindale, uh, what he did was uh, was absolutely, you know, it was it was mean. Um, <laughs> as he, but you know, but they were but they were dumb it enough not mean. to adjust. I mean, no, you know, they allowed true. it to happen over and over that's again. It's true. It couldn't adjust, and just you know, Hal just continued to take the beating. And again, Hal was his own worst enemy at times as well, trying to hold on forever. But again, that might have been the way they were coaching him. You know, who knows? I mean, they might have really just said, "Hey, Sam, you know, if you stick in there a little bit longer, give it another half tick, maybe you can make a big play." Potentially, that's why he tried to do it that that's, way. That's a possibility. But this is just wild. I mean, again, it, I'm not here to tell you that anybody in the media is smarter than the people that they paid to do the job. But, I mean, it didn't take an investigative report to know all the stuff we're reading now was going on in real time and somebody could have stopped it uh-huh, with exactly. some authority and, like, you know, got in there. And this is, like, one of these things, too, where you hope with having a real general manager moving forward where they would be able to help because – Again, the two GMs before were working underneath the head coach, which was goofy, right? So what are they going to step to him and say, hey, Ron, what are you doing here? Why don't you go get your coordinator in check? Let's all get on the same page. I mean, it's just absolutely bonkers. But anyway, I don't know if these stories make you feel better or worse about the season. It actually makes me want to vomit. All right, 757-687-9494. That's the Ballyhoo's phone line. The uh, text line is open, same number as well. Uh, James, the 252, going off the uh, Hall of Fame steps. No doubt Peppers uh, could have played pro basketball if he focused on it. Saw him uh, play many big games at minutes at Carolina. Yeah, he was an amazing athlete. Mm-hmm. Our guy Willingham shares this, James. He says he loves sending the text message to show, but I need you all to pay close attention to what I say. On the 31st, which was last Wednesday when I gave my Wednesday's pick, I said Kansas City would win by 13 or more points. I also said on that text on the 1st that Eric Bieniemy will be going back to the Chiefs and look that up. Okay, I did. I did say that yesterday. You had that. And, yeah, and you see if I'm right about it. And also that Pacheco would run for 200 yesterday. I did see that. And on the 7th, he says, James, you mentioned the number 13. Yes, you did in the last segment. We that's talked right. about that, right? And also mentioned the number 13, so that's why I'm saying Kansas City will win because James mentioned the number 13 too. How about that? Also, now I'm in on this. Now somehow. you're in on it. Now I've you're in on it. Dragged into Willingham's You've been dragging Willingham's thing. Yes, <laughs> I like it. All right, Willingham. I, All right, we'll see. We're, we're, we'll we're see. paying attention, man. You're still living off your laurels on that early season. The call, though, I'm telling you. 
Feels like you better. You feels like you need this one, baby. <laughs> but yes, we have seen all the receipts. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Jimmy uh, Lewis says winning organizations, players accept will accept coaching and do what is asked of them because true trust leadership in the head coach. Losing organization players will not expect coach except coaching except they don't trust leadership and head coach now with leadership change we will see if the players attitude or will actually uh the coaching staff was that problem yep look it was both i mean all these things can be true right like the guy called a crappy game we get we can admit that he called some crappy games we can also admit that yeah he was holding some guys who weren't used to being held accountable accountable and there's nothing wrong with that but as the season went on in real time and some of your dreams and hopes of what you thought it could be weren't happening in reality, there was zero adjustment. Right. And what made the greatest coach the greatest, Joe Jackson Gibbs, was he could adjust. And this guy and this past staff showed us zero ability to adjust to anything yeah. this season or seasons past. So that's frustrating. He's uh, bizarre Joe Gibbs. Yeah, it's frustrating. And don't forget Willing, uh, Jimmy, excuse me, your Kansas City Chief guys are whining like little babies about him, too, behind his back. <laughs> and do we really know if they wanted him to stay or not? There's also debate as to whether or not there was actually an offer for him to stay. Now, a year away, they're like, yeah, we could use a little bit of a kick in the ass. Uh, isn't we'll that find guys out, won't too we? Nice. We'll see. We'll see if they put their money where their mouth is, if there's you know, a job opportunity when the season's over. sure seems like a, a successful organization like the um, Kansas City Chiefs could certainly – uh, afford to bring him back aboard, right? Like, it doesn't seem like that's something oh, they yeah. couldn't afford to do. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. Uh, if you want to hit us up via the text line or the Ballyhoo's phone line. All right, our guy Joe Gregory, Ty's general manager, stopped by. He's brought the International League trophy with him. I don't know if he takes this out all the time. I, I would. to find out. Uh, Joe has an interesting connection to the 49ers we're going to learn about here coming up on the other side as well. Uh, we'll talk about the Orioles and, and the Tides have some news too with their, with their skipper. We'll get through it all next here. Scott Jackson Show live from Ballyhoo's here in Virginia Beach. Ballyhoo's at uh, Lynn Haven Drive, 2865. Join us out here. We're here till 7 tonight here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. James Witham's got your sports center. This is the Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Hey, we are here at Ballyhoo's on Lynn Haven Drive, and our pleasure right now to bring in with us the general manager of the International League champions, the AAA champion, Norfolk Tides, uh, Joe Gregory, good enough to uh, stop by and see us with the trophy, with the International League and the uh, Minor League. Well, what is, which is the official trophy called here that you said brought it with us? Uh, this one, the... Uh Triple A National Championship. This is the Triple A National Championship, the one you won in Las Vegas. Yeah, for beating Oklahoma City. So not everything that happens in Vegas stays in <laughs> Vegas because obviously the trophy is here with us, and that thing is heavy. You yeah, just it picked is. it up too, didn't you? The yeah, it's, it's a lot heavier than I thought. So Joe apparently takes us around when he goes in Virginia Beach to get uh, free free food. I guess. I mean, I guess everybody probably wants to pick up your tab when they get to sit with the trophy. Yeah, I don't know how many pictures I'm in with uh, all the fanfare this brings, but. I'll do whatever it takes to uh, win another one this year. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on that. We hadn't seen you uh, in person since since all the championships. I did see the news today, Buck Britton uh, coming back. That's great news. I mean, your world champion manager will be back in charge of this team once again. Yeah, Buck, uh, I mean, I think he's got to be on a lot of people's short list to make that jump to the major leagues. So we're lucky to have him here. He's done nothing but deliver, and, you know, I think our – minor league system has been consistently rated number one so he's got a lot of talent that he's responsible for and he's done a great job with it 
So you you were sold earlier this year, or actually it was 2023 still, right? Was it that happened in 2023? Uh, I think we announced it in October. Okay, yeah. yeah, in October, right? And then the Orioles just get announced that they're going to be sold. Yep. Uh, so a lot of a lot of things going on <laughs> at once here, right, with the organization. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a lot of moving parts, you know, and with us having an extended postseason, Baltimore making the postseason, you got a short turnaround time till opening day. So, but somehow every year opening day sneaks up on us, but we uh, will make it through and I don't think the fans will notice any big changes off the bat, but uh, behind the scenes, yeah, it's been a lot of moving pieces. Now, you just told me there's a lot of stuff going on in the ballpark right now, though, right? Because like, they're tearing on the park a lot, and there's like all kinds of things going on. So people driving by, like, wait a minute. I mean, like, <laughs> how many weeks until opening day and, and tie, you know, at Tides Park? We were like, what, six weeks out? Just roughly? about March 29th, yeah. yeah. So what's going on over there, and is it going to be, be ready to roll when we need it to be? Yeah, yeah, they're uh, putting in a lot of utility work, so we don't really have a parking lot. So if you're coming out to the team store, you're going to pretty much park by the Amtrak station. Um, and for the fans that haven't noticed, all, every, all the metal there that was blue is now going to be uh, dark green, kind of like Camden Yards. Nice. And then all the wall pads will be dark green as well. So it's going to have a, a lot different feel, but the ballpark's a little over 30 years old and I think overdue for a paint job. So it's going to make it uh, nice and shiny again. Well, that's awesome. Joe Gregory with us, Ty's general manager here at Ballyhoo's in Virginia Beach. Uh, here's Scott Jackson, show priority on Sports Radio 94.1. Our Super Tailgate Tour is brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, I, w- I want to get this from you uh, before we, we get we get off the ba- you know get um, off the uh, the football part of it as well. The trades that have been made, obviously this, uh, the trade that was just made, Orioles get an ace, but they didn't raid you guys as badly as maybe some would have thought to get a guy like Corbin Burns. Yeah, no, I think it, it was a great trade for us. You yeah. know, you hate to lose. Uh, players like Joey Ortiz and D.L. Hall. Um, one of the good problems that we have is we have so much young talent in the uh, infield. So, you know, losing Joey is one of those things where it's like when we had good third baseman with Manny Machado. Like, right. you could be really good, but where are you going to go? Um, so, you know, I, I think that that'll be good for Joey to maybe find some opportunities. And D.L.'s have been a top prospect. And, you know, you hate to lose anybody, but you're right. Could have been a lot worse. You know, I, we still have plenty of talent in the cupboard, including the number one overall prospect. So, uh, you know, I think that was a big move for Baltimore to make. Well, everybody, I know you don't know this for <laughs> sure, but you just had a guess. Will we see Jackson Holiday in Norfolk this year for a bit of time, or do you think they uh, might want to steal him and keep him in Baltimore? Well, you're right. I don't know anything that <laughs> anyone else doesn't know. But in my opinion, yeah. Um, you know, you never know what happens with injuries sure, right, and things right, like that. Obviously, yeah. um, but I think he he opens with us. I think if you look at how Mike Elias has been treating him and the other top prospects, they kind of have a set amount of at bats that they want him to get at every level. And with Jackson joining us late in the season in September, he you know isn't anywhere near that at bat number. I think it's usually around 200 or something like that. So I would anticipate Jackson starts with us. That being said. I don't. I don't think he finishes with us. Um, you know, we'll enjoy enjoy the time we have with him. But right. my money would be on him starting with us. Well, there's a ton of talent, as we know, and uh, obviously the hardware to prove it here with us. Uh, Joe Gregory, Tides manager, good enough to stop by here at Ballyhoo's with us in, in Virginia Beach off Lynn Haven Drive. All right, so you have an interesting uh, kind of connection to the Super Bowl, to the 49ers organization. Um, you you kind of grew up around people that might have a little bit of influence in the 49ers organization. Is that, is that correct? Yep. Yeah, I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio, um, which is uh, a lot of football players, coaches uh, come out of there, but also the owners of the 49ers. Uh, when I was a kid, it was Eddie DeBartolo yep. Jr. Um, you know, and so it wouldn't be uncommon to see 49ers players hanging out. Eddie would bring them in for, like, family days. Um, even now, if 
the Niners play back-to-back games on the East Coast, they'll usually stay in Youngstown for the week instead of flying back west. They'll stay and practice at Youngstown State. Um, but now the ownership is with Denise DeBartolo, York, and her family. Um, I was on their scholarship foundation board when I lived in Ohio. But then the president, Jed York, uh, Jed was two years behind me in school, but we went to grade school and high school together. So it's always been, uh, you know, at the, you don't realize how weird it is to you know, be hanging out, you know, NFL owners and NFL players, but it was just normal life in Youngstown. But, uh, yeah, I always have a uh, place in my heart for the Niners. So, does, like, in Youngstown, do they try to put the Niners games on every week? I mean, is that how that works? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, they're, yeah. especially, you know, when I grew up, right. you know, I, I was born in 79, you know, so the 80s or early 90s, the Niners were killing it. Right, and, they're uh, great, yeah. So, and Youngstown's an hour from Cleveland, an hour from Pittsburgh. Steelers were terrible in that time frame, the Mark Malone years. Oh, yeah. And uh, Bernie Kosar was leading a pretty decent yeah. uh, Brown squad. But, uh, yeah, I think my time frame, there are a lot of Niners fans coming out of Youngstown. So, for you, you, I mean, I know they're not your, your number one team, or your Dolphins guy, am I correct? Un- unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you guys weren't terrible. I yeah, mean, we're, we're trending. You got a lot of injuries at the end of the year. Yeah, the I mean, we were sending guys off destroyed. the street just yeah. to, you know, round out the roster and uh, I don't know how many different O-line combinations we went through during the year but uh, yeah and then Hill getting uh, tweaked there towards the end it was you, you don't want excuses but yeah there were some injuries yeah out there. There, and you get to play in what minus 13 degree <laughs> weather which uh, always makes it interesting yeah. so what do you what do you think of the Super Bowl what, what are your thoughts um, I mean my heart's definitely with the Niners uh, you know their D-line their linebackers obviously their skill position guys uh, Trent Williams um, you know McCaffrey and there's so many things that are great about that but you know going against Mahomes team that's been there how many times you know what five of the last six years or you know whatever it is um it's if I was putting my money on it I'd I don't know that I'd be putting it on the Niners but uh (laughs) that the DB's coach for the Chiefs also went to my high school look at that so uh Don Donald Delisio so I do have a connection I mean he's like 10 years younger than me but uh I think uh I put my money on uh KC, but at the beginning of the year, I put my money on a Dolphins Niners Super Bowl oh. without choosing the winner. Right. Um, so I got half of that bet right, which well, pays did. zero dollars. Not bad. Not <laughs> bad. <laughs> which pays you zero dollars. <laughs> well, and I would imagine that Youngstown's got like media there, like because they can cover everything, right? Like so, they got to cover the Niners side of it, and they got to cover the uh, Chiefs side of it. That's interesting. That's quite a connection. Yeah, it's uh, and you know Bobby Stoops from Oklahoma, his yeah. brother Mark at Kentucky, uh, Bo Pelini, right? Like that was all my high school, let alone my hometown. So it was. Uh, it's a football mecca for a small Midwestern town. That's Who knew? awesome. <laughs> Who knew? I know. Well, I mean, Youngstown is had a great history. I mean, that whole area is football, football, football. There's a million Hall of Famers up that route, right? Like in the yeah, the, Western PA, yeah, Northeast oh Ohio. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Quarterbacks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Marino and Joe Montana, right? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Namath and uh, Kozar, Jim Kelly, you know, all those guys. Something. There's something. That, there's got to be a study on that. I mean, it can't be a coincidence. <laughs> That many great <laughs> quarterbacks came out of the same general area. All right, Joe Gregory of the Tide's with us. All right, so tell people uh, the important stuff. How can they get tickets? How they can get ready for the Tide season, which is just, we think about roughly f- six weeks away from the opening. Yeah, um, NorfolkTides.com is the place to go for all the information. You know, we have all our social channels that everyone has. We're pretty easy to find, but uh, it's definitely tough to come to the ballpark. So if I was you, I'd recommend uh, calling us first. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, 622-2222. All right, how much does that trophy weigh, by the way? Do we know? Uh, I, 
I put it at like a sneaky twenty pounds. Yeah, I think it is. Oh, easy, yeah, <laughs> easily, yeah. easily. And it, it is with the long, you know, with the glass pieces. You want to be careful when you're holding it. So like the bottom is like so heavy. Yeah, and even um, if you tell people it's heavy, yeah, you're not a, you're not ready right. for a heavy. You guys said it's it heavy, and I'm like, no way. I'm like, oh my god, this. <laughs> How many heavy. times has it been dropped? Oh yeah. None that I've seen, but oh, that boy. night. You know, we won in Vegas, so Ooh, we all went to the hotel whoa, 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 bar whoa. afterwards, and <laughs> a lot of drinks were drank yeah. around that. And, uh, to my knowledge, it, it, I know I made it out one piece that night. That's good. I mean, it's all together. Nobody, all that matters. You know, yeah. it's not like the Stanley Cup. You can't drink out of it, luckily, so you don't have to worry about the, the, right. the germs or anything. Uh, or, you know, or like Tom Brady throwing the Super Bowl trophy on a boat, <laughs> which was kind of scary. So they should have had a boat thing for you guys in Norfolk. That would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. When I was with the Admirals when we won the Calder Cup, yeah. and we did a – uh, parade the next day, but we were coming from Toronto, and the players had to do exit physical, so we were able to do that. The tough thing with minor league baseball, that last pitch is thrown, and everyone scatters. Yeah. You know, some go to fall ball, some just go home, and we. Uh, but we did have the trophy out in the Grand Illumination Parade. We brought it back our hitting coach for that. But, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, boat parade would have been a pretty pretty nice. Yeah, that's an idea for, for upcoming years. Yeah. Just saying. you'll be invited since it's yep. your idea. There just you go. saying, just saying, <laughs> boat parade back always, to back, uh, baby. Always yeah. a good one. Let's go back to back. Uh, Joe Gregory, thanks for giving us uh, the time and bringing the trophy out here. It's a nice treat, and um, best of luck to you in spring training. I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing uh, who, who the Orioles leave uh, for uh, the defense of the. Uh, triple-a national championship at the tides thanks thanks for having me and i'm I'll be hanging out here for a little bit so if anyone's yeah. listening and wants to come down and get a picture with the trophy i'll nice. uh, leave it here for a little while all right there you go don't let uh, ed smith anop- monopolize <laughs> it i saw him keep an eye on it and also check him out try to sneak it out in his truck check his trunk yeah. i know check his trunk all right uh joe gregory tides with us here uh scott jackson show we'll take a time out brandon lang you might have known him he was Matthew McConaughey played him in a movie uh, called Two for the Money. He's going to join us at 4 o'clock to give us his thoughts on the big game and where your money should be invested uh, at football at 4. Scott Jackson, show priority Auto Sports Radio. 94.1 as we come to you from Ballyhoo's here in Virginia Beach. We're presented by Larry King Law. The Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are here at Ballyhoo's in Virginia Beach. Come on out and join us. Uh, 2865 Lynn Haven Drive. We will be here till 7 o'clock. Don't forget the big bash at Ballyhoo's coming up on Sunday for the big game. Sixth annual edition of it, too. They'll have all of your football favorites in the tailgate menu, plus $12 buckets of your favorite beers, $5 crushes to celebrate the big game. And if you get here early, you can pick a square off the board to win great prizes. And do not miss the halftime wing-eating competition for cash and prizes Always a fan favorite. Festivities start at 4 o'clock Super Sunday. See you at Ballyhoo's. We're going to be here till 7 if you want to come on out and see us. Uh, we got tickets while supplies last for uh, training Aria Speedwagon as well as Australian Pink Floyd. All right, Brandon Lang, uh, the star of the movie Two for the Money, is going to join us, pro handicapper. Uh, also host a podcast on Believe uh, Network. will uh, join us at Football at 4 to talk about the big game. Coming up on Sunday, our poll question today brought to you by Dominion Floor Coverings is this. What do you look most forward to on Sunday? Because, look, everybody's not a Niners fan. Everybody's not a Chiefs fan. Right, right. So some people are into the game. Some people are in it for the food, the drink, the commercials, uh, or the other. So uh, we put it out on the X at Jackson Sports at uh, ESPN Radio 94.1. Right now, we get some purists, James, in our audience. Purists. 80% 80% of them wow. are looking forward to the game. I'm proud. We got some 10%ers that aren't afraid to admit the dang it. They like the commercials, and that's okay, too. And uh, 7% food. I probably should have put alcohol in there because I think that's what uh, – <laughs> I think that's implied, is it yeah, not? Yeah, I thought it was, but maybe not. Um, 
Well, now that now you know. If you haven't voted yet, now yeah. you know it's implied. Uh, J, uh, JFC72 says, you got four uh, the main thing apart from the game, Scotty Vodka. Uh, yeah, because I'm talking about alcohol. Uh, Brian in Chesapeake says, the other Brian in Chesapeake says, I drink every time someone says go team or sports ball or anything that makes them sound like they are watching, ironically. Usually three sheets to the win before halftime. Uh, Brian says, I love watching the Super Bowl since it's the last NFL we get for seven months, but the games are usually not very good, hence why I went with food because whatever I make's going to be on point. Wow. So Brian ain't afraid to tell you that he knows, right, uh, what's going on there. How many people do you think are going to drink every time Tony Romo says Jim? Jim, Jim, Jim. Oh, man, you would have people passed out drunk, and, uh, you know, that's that. I don't know. Do you make it through the first quarter? Uh, Stephanie Stradley, who uh, covers the Texans uh, in Houston, good enough to, tune, uh, to uh, tune in and weigh in on the poll, says, I'm really looking forward to the game, always do, but my buddy's food spread is more memorable than most Super Bowls. Wow. When I am not particularly vested in a particular outcome other than a good game. Yeah, see, I'm not invested in the outcome either. Uh, you know, I just want to see entertaining, good football. Me right? too. Because it is the last game. I mean, it's going to be a little sad on Monday. Let's not lie to ourselves. It's going to be very, very sad. Um, I'll say that I think the games have actually been pretty good and drama-filled over the last few years, uh, the exception of a few here and there. I, I think the bigger – I mean, last year's game was really good. It was down to oh the yeah. wire. Oh I think yeah. the Rams game the year before was down uh, to the wire as well. That was a good one. Uh, if you remember, the Buccaneers you know, kind of put the beat down on the Chiefs a few years back, and they were beat up. But that was historic because it was Brady doing it without Belichick. So you had all that. But the, the, to me, the commercials have been disappointing. They've the been last awful. Year. They've been really Let's crappy. just put it out there. And you know what the other problem with the commercials is? And we'll get into this a little bit later. They tell us too early. Like, like I don't need to know all week what the commercials are. They love to release them now ahead of time. I don't want to see them before yeah, Sunday. I don't know. Don't want to see it. I don't like that. It's kind of like opening your Christmas presents before Christmas. My you biggest pet peeve, too, is if I see a commercial during the Super Bowl that I've already seen. Oh, I know. And you will. If you, like, if you want you to. Doing? You, can, you can get like on websites now and go ahead and binge watch the commercials if you like. Which well, is even really like, like an old ad that, we, that, yeah. that they used like a month ago. Like, what, right. are you, what are you doing? You spent all this money, you're going to use the same exact thing that you used a month ago? What are you doing? I know. It's stupid. All right. Super Tailgate Tour. We're going to continue here from Ballyhoo's, the top of the hour. Football at four. Uh, Brandon Lag's going to join us from Vegas uh, and uh, give us his thoughts on the big game. Uh, of course, the Super Tailgate Tour is brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident? Call 757-INJURED, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. We're at Ballyhoo's in Virginia Beach. Come on out and join us. We'll be here until 7 o'clock. Uh, football at 4, straight ahead. Brandon Lang as well. Scott Jackson, show Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. James Witham, Scott, your sports center.